apparently millennials as a generation, which is a group of people who were born approximately uh, 1984 and after, um, uh, are tough to manage. And they're accused of being entitled and narcissistic, self-interested, unfocused, lazy. But entitled is the big one. Surprise, motherfucker. What's going on, everybody? Your co-host, Andrew Kubitz here on the microphone, episode six of the Casual Millennials Podcast. Joined always by my co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you? Doing great. Hump day. Yeah, hump day again. Uh, I'll let you introduce our esteemed guest. So with us, we have Nate Ziegler, who is owner of Co-Motion Fitness. Nice to meet you guys. Hey, man. So this one's going to be a little bit different because neither of us actually really know Nate. First time really meeting him in person, so it's going to be interesting taking that perspective on him this week. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I feel like every single other episode, one of us has had a relationship. It does make the conversation, I would say, maybe a bit easier, but it tailors the conversation a lot faster, right? And you kind of have a preset questions and notions. So let's just dive in. Why don't you give the people listening as well as us kind of your background um, all the way up through Comotion? Uh, well, my background is originally, I started out as a personal trainer. And that's, I got into fitness when I was 18. So before that, I was a musician. I originally started going to music school. I thought I wanted to be a rock star. And obviously, that didn't work out. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here right now. But didn't work out yet. Didn't work out yet. I like your wording. Yeah. Yes. So I, but I got into fitness when I was 18, and that was, that was always my second passion. And after the music stuff didn't work out, I, it started from something that I wanted to do for myself because I wanted to change because of just being insecure and I don't know, wanting to impress ladies and stuff. And, and then as I, I got good at that with myself, it's something I, I wanted to turn and help other people with. And I've always just had an entrepreneur mind and always knew I was going to work for myself. And that kind of evolved into owning a gym. And that's where I am right now. Nice. Where is the gym? One, two, before we get any deeper questions. Let's get, let's, let's get the plug in early. So Commotion Fitness. Commotion Fitness, yeah. What can people expect if they go there? Walker's Point. So our main thing is group training. It's all based on progressions. We try to make it fun, but it's inclusive. So we spend part of it on being stronger, getting in better shape. We got like tons of before and after pictures, which is what draws a lot of people in. But the other part of it is that we're getting people with things that they need to have, like mobility work, making your connective tissue stronger and focusing a lot on that house. So it's not just something you can do short term, but something that people can do for the rest of their lives. Sure. How is it different than CrossFit? So it's a, it's a lot of the same stuff, but it's completely opposite philosophies. So cross, CrossFit, and I don't want to speak for every CrossFit gym, but in CrossFit, you're trying to race against the clock. And that's and the good part about that is it makes it competitive because you're trying to beat a number in rounds or whatever. So what we do is rather than trying to make it competitive by racing against the clock, like we try to make it more progressive. And generally for that, you have to slow things down. So what we do, it's really hard to make competitive, but there's a lot more progression to it. So you look at, I like to take an example of like box jumps and CrossFit. Like their purpose is to do as many box jumps as you can. So you're trying to go as quick as possible. Ours is just a tool for learning how to jump. So you're not just ending at a box jump. Like you're gonna continue that to land, to jump higher, land on something more precise. So landing on a railing farther away, higher up. So you're becoming more precise and you're honing in on the skill. So there's a lot different that. And for that, in order to get better at that, doing box jumps as quick as you can is never gonna make you better at jumping on a small object. Like you have to slow it down and get better at the technique. Or same thing with like, they call it chest bars, which is their version of pull-ups, which getting going as quick as you can, that's 
that's how you do it is, is how they do it. But, you know, if we're learning something like a strict muscle up or progressing into that skill or backing up even farther, even teaching someone how to do a pull up, you have to slow that down and work on the mechanics first. You can't just go as quick as you can. So there's a lot more progression to it. There's a lot. It goes beyond just how quick you can go. There's always like something harder to do. So that's like the main difference. Uh, that definitely makes sense. Well, it's, go ahead. I was just gonna say CrossFit. I feel like it's such a bad rap too. And and I'm not defending CrossFit by any means, but like the kipping pull up and it's just everybody hates on them. I feel like, but they're still yeah. doing well. There is something to be said about circuit training. But to your point, really focusing on those muscle groups as well as the I would and I not to speak for you, but form of doing a lot of those things Correct, too yeah. is a lot more important as well. Yeah, if you don't have the form for the mechanics down, the efficiency, it's not that anything's actually wrong to do, but if your body's not conditioned to it, you're going to be more likely to get injured and you're not going to progress as quickly and build as much muscle as you potentially could be doing if you had the form down first. So there's more there's more reasons to it than just not getting injured. They, you know, you build more muscle in places you want to build more body control, such, such as that. So, sure. Do people come with you a lot or come to you a lot, like wondering if you are CrossFit or... Like yeah, people, people, we're, so we're considered a movement gym. Okay. No one really knows what that is. It's kind of a smaller niche. So people ask that a lot of times they come to the door, oh, you guys do CrossFit? I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, no. And then I just give them the same spiel I yeah. get to you guys. Yeah. Okay. Is, so movement gym, is that a thing that's around the country actually? Or yeah, around yeah, the yeah. So we follow a MoveNet curriculum, which is okay. actually a global company that we're affiliated with. And that's kind of how we... It's easier to say we're affiliated them and they can go Google that than to try to explain every little thing that we do. That makes sense. Yeah. Why did you choose that type of job? Uh, just from trying everything. Yeah. I've done, yeah, I, I was into bodybuilding stuff and thought I wanted to compete in that. I did powerlifting type training. I tried CrossFit before. I could be in jujitsu right now, so that's like my, my thing that, my sport that I do. And this is just what I found has the best bang for your buck. I can still, look the way I want to look. I'd never be as big as a bodybuilder, but I'm still happy with like how I look. I'm never going to be as strong as a powerlifter, but I continue being strong. But all the little things, I'm like still very athletic. I like that it keeps me bulletproof, so I'm not as prone to get injured. And I like the longevity of it. So I just feel like I get the most out of it for, the type, for that type of training. So what jiu-jitsu gym do you train at? Neutral ground. Neutral ground. Yeah. Okay, because I'm actually looking to start uh, doing jiu-jitsu. So yeah, man, come with me sometime. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, buddy of mine, I'm looking to do it. So what? No, it's cool. Yeah, it's... Practicing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you do. But, but, um, yeah, no, it's super interesting. I really want to try that because I want the challenge of, like, always working towards something. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the jiu-jitsu talk. But I did want to comment on one thing that you said because... I never power lifted and I was never a bodybuilder, but like when I was working out at the race, when I was really trying to like build muscle and get bigger, and this was like in college, you know, yeah. it's like, I finally just came to the terms of the fact that I'll never be as big as a bodybuilder like a year ago. <laughs> like, I was still trying to like gain weight, put on muscle and like do all these things, but not doing it correctly and not putting the time into it. And like, just since then it's been so much better. Like now I've been just been focusing on just being healthy and continuing to work out for just to maintain muscle mass and, and maybe grow a bit stronger, but overall just be healthier. So I think that's kind of an interesting thought that you kind of went yeah, through I all think, of those. I think it's more of a mature goal after you've tried the other things and you realize, not that you can, like you said, not that you can continue to look better or be stronger, but those other things are nice too, being healthy. So. Being healthy is a not a bad thing to have. So. <laughs> it is. So let's take a little bit back. You were in a band. Yeah. What band, what uh, instrument did you play? I played guitar. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I played for a bunch of different bands. Last band, I was in was called last like rock band that I was in that was maybe it was called Lost in the Name. 
and we kind of toured all over the place. Um, did that for a while. The band I was in college, so I was actually starting in college. I was in a band called Scarlet May, which turned names to Oregon Falls. And when I was in that band, I was in Whitewater, going to music classes. Drummer was in the same classes as I was. And he kind of leaned over to me. He's like, hey, Nate, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to actually go out and do it for real? I was like, I want to go do it for real. He's like, well, let's go do it. And I was like, okay. He's like, like let's go right now. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we just got up, left. Like we failed. I failed all my classes for that semester. I'm surprised my parents were more upset with me than <laughs> they were. But um, yeah, we went and go and toured and did all that stuff. And But being in close quarters with a bunch of guys that all think they know what's best is tough to do. And that's, that's how it kind of fell apart. So. But it was fun. It was an experience. I wouldn't take it back for the world. And it's cool. We got to play with some pretty cool bands. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. And I actually didn't know you went to Whitewater. We yeah, I was just gonna say. Oh, yeah. you did. Okay. Yeah, we both went to Whitewater. So. Yeah, I started there and then ended up in Milwaukee. So I graduated from UWM. With what? Uh, I started going with kinesiology. I thought I wanted to go for doing physical therapy. So I got all the prerequisites. I was already doing personal training. I realized there was like nothing more that kinesiology degree would do. And I already had business business credits, so I ended up with business, and I got communications because that was just the next thing. I thought maybe I wanted to get into like copywriting too. That was like another possible interest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I kind of went through a little bit of everything there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but most useless are. useless degree. I, I would never recommend anybody do that ever. <laughs> so <laughs> Shout out to all the communication we might have a different answer finally to our college question. Go for it. Ask it. So we ask everyone this usually later, but so you went to college, you got yeah. a communications degree, sounds like. Um, would you recommend it to people? Do you think it was like a waste? It was the biggest waste of money I've ever spent anything on ever. College in general or your specific? My, for me, for me, like if you want to be a doctor, like you have to go to school. If you want to be a lawyer, like you have to do that. But for an entrepreneur, like no fucking way. Like it's such a waste of money. There's absolutely nothing I learned from there. Not to, but you, but not to say I, I have like such a high value on education. I spend more on money on education now than I did in college. So I value it, but not college education. If I could do it all over again, I'd go back to my younger self. And it's hard saying because hindsight's twenty twenty. Like I learned some valuable lessons being in college. So. And who knows if I would have done the same thing. But if I could go back in time and make myself do something, I would have found whoever the most successful gym owner was and just do whatever I can to work for them, learn as much as possible, whatever way that is, pay them, work for free and just work my way up that way. All right. So what type of education are you going through right now? Like, do you have to do like personal training, continue with education? Like, what do you have to do? So I, I, I kind of shifted. I, I still always learn more on the health and fitness side of things just to stay up to date. But most of my focus is on business training. So, I have two different mentors right now. One is Alan Belcher. He used to be a professional fighter. I connected him when I trained in Milwaukee, and he's a has his own business group, and he's one of my mentors that I I meet about twice every year and go fly out with whoever else he trains too. And then I'm a part of another group. His name is Alex Hormanzi, and just uh, yeah, I kind of discovered him online. I've been following him for like literally like the past eight years. I finally got in touch with him and he talked me into spending a lot of money with him to learn some stuff, but I like, it was a big step, but I, I wouldn't, it was like one of the best. And I wish I would have done it sooner. 
both of them or one of them? Yeah, for, for both of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And you said you've been doing that how long? You've actually been like kind of being mentored? Uh, so with Alex, I've been with him for, it's just been like three months now. Okay. And for Alan, I've been with him for almost a year. Okay. But I've always like sought out other coaches, like people in the area. Just whoever I thought might know somebody and I don't know, paid them or offered them whatever I could at the time. So it was a good step up, like finding someone more more expensive that knew more and working my way up to that. So, well, and that's what, and it shows one thing, especially the fact that you talk about, you know, you, you do do jujitsu and you have to be coachable to do that. You have to yeah. be able to take a beating as well. So to, to go out and see people that have done it, what you're trying to do successfully and find a mentor in that way, it's... it's it shows maturity as well as, you know, self-awareness of saying, hey, I don't know everything or I need help in this area, right? And, like, and finding people to go do that. That's not always easy for a lot of entrepreneurs to do. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just want to be successful and that's just what. You're like, whatever it takes. Yeah, I figure if someone else has done that, they're not different than me, so why can't I do that too? I just need to learn what they do. So it just makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. How long have you had your gym now? So I was just looking at the paperwork today since, so I, I, I bought in originally three years ago oh, okay. and this guy named Adam Von Rothfelder opened it. And so I didn't, I didn't start the gym, but I, it was a year, about a year and a half ago. It was so going back, it was me and two other guys. And then I had bought me and another guy bought him out probably a few years ago. And then I bought out the other guy a year and a half ago. Okay. And then I brought in another guy that, that's associated with MoveNet, Callum Ryland, and he does all the programming stuff for the gym. So three years total for the gym, and then about a year and a half for like what it is like co-motion for today. Sweet. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What was the, were you scared at all when you kind of joined into all that and you got into no, it? Were you nervous? Just like extremely ignorant. I thought it'd be easy and just didn't know any better. What was the biggest thing that you found out that you didn't know? <laughs> Everything. I like that sales matter that you need to be able to sell people. Sure. That you, that's something you need to do that you need to, that you can't just have a building and people will show up and <laughs> that's not a, that's not a thing at all. It's like crazy. You, you have to do marketing, like you have to do sales. Mm -hmm. That's like the most important thing, marketing, sales, and keeping customers happy. That's like, that's everything in business. If it's just those three things basically. And then the little things, whatever the bottlenecks are off of those three things, that's everything. And I think like we always had like a good idea on a product, but just organizing it, making that better. But I think we always had like a decent product with a good idea, but yeah, just marketing sales, like spending money on marketing, like investing to make more money. Sure. I think that was like a big thing. So, so how have you changed it? Because you're right. Like you guys sounds like you had a fair product. Um, but if you package something wrong, and I imagine you know it better than anybody, if you market something wrong, or it could be the best idea ever, but if nobody knows about it, or if it gets told wrong, it's not going to get bought. So what did you guys do to figure all of that out? What are you guys doing now to market better? Um, how did you guys get into that? Get into marketing? Or into marketing, into your current marketing plan? I don't know. I, so a lot of it's from... accountant, man. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about it very quick. Uh, I mean, I, I know I just from... I do, I do a lot of reading and read a lot of different books and listen to a lot of stuff, so... I always knew that was a thing, like marketing is something you have to do. And then just getting like a more solid game plan is just something I've gotten from my coaches. Sure. And they've helped me tweak it as I go along, so that's been a huge advantage. It has been. That's crazy. I wish I could just be entrepreneurial like that. Just go <laughs> start something. 
So was this the only thing you've owned or did you own anything before trying to start any other business or is this like the one and only thing that you've been into now? Me and a friend had a, we started this, he's like a chemical solutions company, super random. He was a pharmacist. Uh, we did that for a while. He just, we, we had an investment like for like a lab in China where we were starting like making our own stuff to be tested and it just got shut down because the government can do stuff like that in China apparently. And yeah, we had a, we had a fallout with each other and he just, yeah, he, he ended up like ringing up his credit cards and just ghosting and I like haven't heard from him since then. So Dang. that, that didn't end too, too well, but, uh, and before that I've always tried, like I've done in-home training. So yeah, I've been actually like working for myself for probably the last six years now and just like doing different things like that. So in-home training, trying to do online training for myself. So in one way or another, but. Yeah, some kind of like business. I've always tried to do something on the side. Now it's just full time, like the last however many years. So you guys are you have employees, right? So what do you think? And like, what age are you hiring? Like younger people? Are they like millennials? And if they are, what do you think you see in their working style as well as like just their attitude towards work? Because as being younger people, we are looked down upon by older generations. I would say, uh, yeah. especially in the working world. So curious on your. Uh, which you've had interactions with. with uh, I think I feel like I've been super lucky with the, the coaches I, I have had. Yeah. That that they're all very reliable. They're very hardworking. Um, I'd say the biggest thing I notice is just. And I'm not saying like specifically the coaches at the gym, especially if they're listening. This, <laughs> but I feel like there's like an, a sense of entitlement that okay. that they don't. They feel like things should be handed to them before they like earn it. And I know from my experience, and I'm sure you guys know too, like it takes a lot of work on the front end and then you get, you know, you do a lot for nothing in the beginning and then it gets, it comes back to you later. But I don't think a lot of people realize that they're not willing to put in the, the weight. They're not willing to like stick something out long enough. It's just like they try something for a couple months and it doesn't work and they just jump to the next thing. It's like a half done project, which is if you if you never finish anything, but it, I, I totally get it because you like start. It's exciting when it's new and you start a project. You're doing it for a few months. It's it seems it seems fun. It's it's cool. Like it's you have this awesome idea, but nothing happens and you realize you're spending how many hours a week. You're not making any money from it. Yep. You're doing all this work and it's basically for nothing, or it seems like it's for nothing. And then you like come up with a new idea and you're like ah like no, this isn't for me. Like I'll jump over to this. This is a better idea. Yep. But if you, there's like, I feel like there's like a few phases where you're, you're putting all this work and it feels like you're not, not getting anything back. And you just like, you can like break through that and keep going. And I feel like there's like one more time where then it seems like ridiculous. Like you should definitely quit at this like, point. And everybody this? says this. And then if you can get past that point, then it'll like start working. So how do you get past those though? Like how do you push through that wall or climb over it to, to get to I that think, point? I think shifting, like being passionate about it. Sure. And looking at it by the people that you're currently helping and changing your perspective on things and rather just trying to make a successful business, making it about helping the people that you are helping and like seeing a bigger vision that if I stop, I'm doing a disservice to all these people that could potentially help. So I think just changing your perspective on it. Yeah. Do you see that with your clientele too? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you see it differently with different age groups? With as far as what? Like with the gym. 
yeah, sticking with the gym or like the work ethic of a millennial versus, you know, baby boomer, whoever. Um, is that something that you can tell really straightforward or is that not so much? Yeah, I mean, that, I feel like I've noticed that across the board with millennials in general, that mm-hmm. they're just always looking for something better. But I think that's a trait, not just in millennials too. In, in the fitness world, I feel like like people just coming in to work out, they're always like looking for something different that it's like easy. They're not getting the results they want right away or something's not happening. It's like shiny objects that are really jumping to the next thing. And I think there's some secret magic pill out there that's going to help them. And it's not the case, you know, it's just same as everything else, yeah. sticking, being consistent, sticking with it and putting in hard work. How do you get those people to stay with you personally? Like at your gym? Just like making it fun. Yeah. Try to make it enjoyable. I think trying to, trying to make the, the workouts so they're, they're still doing something. They're still doing what they're supposed to, but trying to make it interesting so it's actually enjoyable. I think just like the community of people, like that part, like a, it's cool like seeing everybody like make friends, like knowing that no one judges you when you come in. And I've gotten like so many compliments from people saying that everyone's been so welcoming when they come in and that they feel like it just makes it fun. Like you're, you're hanging out with a group of friends and they're all doing the same thing you're trying to do. And, I think that helps you stick with it. I'm sure just like, you know, like, like doing like a project like this together, it's, it's better doing it with somebody where it kind of makes it fun as opposed to just doing it by yourself. For sure. I, I definitely had, I think it was especially this weekend too, like with this podcast kind of almost like a, I almost kind of hit that wall where I was kind of like, it's been a long week. I like was super busy all week. I had some family things go down and it was like, all right, now it's like, when's it? I've got to come here. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, like I couldn't say I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, that's not the point. That's not why I got into this. It's like, you just, you really kind of got to remember why you started it. And like, we talked before the podcast and I was kind of explaining it. And even that was just kind of like reminding myself of like why I did reach out to you, why I had this idea. And I think that truly is how you kind of continue through those. Cause it is hard. Like it's hard to keep doing something when you're not getting any like visible return out of it, especially when you think about working out because it's such a gradual process of getting fit, if you will, of losing weight, of gaining muscle, it all takes time and you don't see it in the mirror until like a year from, a year later, you know? Yeah, I think part of it's just enjoying it too. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy it and you don't, ex- you would do it even if you don't make money from it, then yeah. it's, it makes it a lot easier too. That's true. It's hard when you're not making money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, making money is fun too. It, it makes it even more enjoyable, but <laughs> if you can enjoy it without that, then that's, that'll help you too. Sure. <laughs> So you're talking about how your gym has like an awesome community. Yeah. Like two questions for that. One, how did you get that community? And two, well actually let's just ask that first. How did you get that community to where it is now? Uh, I don't know. I feel like luck or I don't know. Just, I think like the, the coaches and the coaches are cool. So they just draw on other people that are cool. Yeah. Know, like however you think of like law of attraction or whatever your belief is on that or just attracting people who are like, like each other and just building common interests. And like, like I said, like, like-minded people and seeing people with the same goals and wanting to be like that too. And, uh, like being more expensive too, <laughs> weeding out people that are less serious about it. Sure. I know it sounds like a little bit, not to sound like elitist, but, uh, if you're not, not that you're necessarily wealthier, but if you're valuing that more, you're going to pay more attention to it. And you're going to make it more of your priority. It's going to mean more to you. And if you're in that same boat with everyone else, then I think you can click in that way too. Definitely. That you have that same priority. And to that point, and to take that maybe even more macro of like 
like you can go join Planet Fitness for ten dollars a month if mm-hmm. like you don't want to spend money but you want to still go to a gym. Like you know, you only go to, especially with you know, group classes like that. I think that also helps build the community of people because you are you getting to meet new people all the time that are doing it. It's not like when you go to a gym, everybody has their headphones on, everybody's doing their own thing, and it's it's kind of awkward. Like even if you need a spot to just go up and ask somebody, like. Hey man, do you stand behind me with your nuts in my face while I push this bar <laughs> up and down? Like it's, it's maybe not the easiest thing, especially for newcomers to fitness, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So then, part two of that question: Have you ever had a problem where you had someone who like didn't fit into the community, where they made things like worse, like to the point where you've ever had to kick them out? I've always been terrified of that happening, and it hasn't. Really? But, yeah. That surprises me. Uh, it does to me too. Especially after some of the other places I've worked at and seeing how shitty people are <laughs> and just the just the stuff they complain about, it's just like so ridiculous. Yeah. Like the things like you would I couldn't even like make up the things that they complain about. I'm like, oh man. I don't know if I how I could handle this, like having people like that. And I it's literally never ever been a problem with somebody not not fitting in or being cool. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you have like a vetting process for new people? Like or do you just kinda of, like let anyone in as long as they uh, well, you know, we, the way we've been doing it is they come in and try out a session and I usually run them through a list of questions, basically figure out like, what their goals are, what their priorities are and figuring out like, if, if this is important to you, like where they're at with things. And I don't know if it's just like the way I question things, it kind of like brings their values to the surface and maybe that helps them see if they're like a good fit or not for the gym. Um, and then like just trying the experience too and like seeing if it's something that they're part of. And I, I think that having them try it out and then going over everything with them and figuring out what their values are, I think part, part of that helps help people figure out whether or not and just naturally if they're not a good fit for it, then they don't do it. So it's probably smart. You don't want to spend money on something you're not super into or maybe you don't think is right for you. Um, I was quite curious on how you dealt with interviewing people you're hiring, how you've kind of grown into that as you've been a business owner, uh, whether it's coaches, the front desk person, I'm not sure if you have one, um, but yeah. kind of just going through that, what do you look for in a candidate that you're hiring and, and what have you seen and what have you done so far? Man, I'm so, that's the other thing that terrifies me is hiring the wrong person too. <laughs> and I'm super slow hiring people and I give super vague answers when they're, so when do you think like we could start on board? I'm like, I don't know. How long are you gonna stick around for until I can get a feel for you and sure. see if you're cool or not? It's it's a it's a mix between like having the prereq like the basic prerequisites and mm-hmm. but everyone that's worked there, it's just like people that have somehow like just stuck it out. Like the my last desk my desk lady I have now, she's just she's just like the she's just the best person to have. Like she's like the warmest, loudest most welcoming person to have and she like says hi to everybody when they walk in she's like perfect for the job and she's just been around for like the last year or so and when the opportunity came up I'm like yeah you're perfect for it uh and like with some of the coaches we usually do like internship and just having them work like I think if you do 50 hours now that they have to go through um and have like the certifications and stuff and and again, I think it's just like naturally like filters out people that you don't want to be there and people that start clicking with the co- other coaches and the community and the members are the ones that generally stick around anyways. And then it's just like a matter of time till they're caught up skill wise. But I try to look for personality first 
and people that are just like good, genuine people and people that care more about serving other people than themselves necessarily. And then from there, I feel like it's just a matter of time then before you can, I feel like you can, as long as they're coachable, you can bring them up to speed and get them to where we want to be. Just as long as they're okay not knowing how long, because I don't know either. You know? <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's cool. And you say, you know, you said it's luck that you have such an awesome community. I think you'd be like a little too humble. It sounds yeah. like you put awesome, awesome, like kind of processes into play that make it so the people that you're hiring are great. The people that come through are making sure that they're going to fit with who you are and you know, your morals as a person in your gym. Sounds like you're kind of just killing it in that aspect. Now I have to tone at the top. Well, it starts with you anyway. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling it process. It's <laughs> a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to that point where it's actually on paper like that. <laughs> All you have to do is write it down and it's a process. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Audited that's processes true. and controls. All you have to do is be written down. I have my best way just to transcribe this conversation and put that in the handbook. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Find it. Um, what are the certifications that like your uh, your coaches, what do they have to get in order to be a coach? Everyone just needs a basic personal training certification. There's like some very recognized basic ones. Like, do they actually need it? Like, do I? Like, do no. you, if you didn't require it, would they actually need it to like legally do it? No. Okay, no. so like you're thinking you're I think partner. there's like some, I think if to like protect themselves, there's like some insurance there, parts okay. and things that helps keep them protected, but... I, it's more about what they know. It's just like a filtering process, just the bare minimum of what you should know. But technically, it's just knowing it. Not They don't necessarily need to have that. It's just, yeah. What's that like a legal thing. Definitely. Do you do that like as an onboarding process during their internship, or do you usually hire people that already have it? Or I try to hire people that have it, just if I don't know them. But if I know them and I know what they're capable of, that's, that's the most important thing is just what they can actually do more so than Okay. But it's nice to know if they have that background. It's it's hard to know what people know without knowing them. So if you know they know the bare minimum, then that helps figure out a lot off the bat. And it's just kind of figure out the specialties part of things. So it makes things a little quicker. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel like. And I think I've heard from a lot of people that hire is it's like you just look for the right person. And, and some of the technical background, it's, it's so easy to teach people. Uh, especially uh, when you have probably a very structured curriculum if you're affiliated with a nice, awesome company. That, so that's easy to kind of teach. And like, you're just looking for personality fit at that point, right? Yeah, and, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, so I wanted to switch the conversation over to your diet as well as recommended nutrition that you guys give out. So sure. I don't know if you guys give out recommended nutrition. And if you do, what is it? If not, what do you kind of focus on mainly in your own life? Yeah, I think, yeah, we do, we do nutrition, include with the program too. And I think all the coaches, pretty much everyone I know that's in good shape, we all follow the same philosophy as far as I know. And that's not doing any extremely rigid diet or something overkill, but, you know, but most of the time following eating what you should. So something that's high in protein, trying to get as many vegetables as you can, eating good, wholesome foods. Like just not overcomplicating it. I think in the beginning, you can be a little stricter with it just to figure out what works well for you. And I generally recommend like people writing everything down, uh, seeing what, so they, they have the data, they know exactly what they're doing and then going off, like tweaking that from there. And then from there you go from more like eyeballing it, portion sizes after you have the exact numbers. 
And then once you get good at that, then just learn more by intuition because you're not gonna you're not gonna write every single little number down for the rest of your life. But that's like a good starting point if you don't know what's in your food and not recognizing it. So it's like learning what you're actually eating and then shift that into what works for you and then going more into intuitive, going by feel and just eyeballing stuff and going like that and making it more sustainable long-term. That's a great answer. Cause I think, and a friend of mine and I talk about this all the time about how like a diet, like diets are just inherently dumb because it's setting you up for failure because they are, as you said, strict to the point of where you can eat nothing but what they say. And then you lose the 10 pounds you're trying to lose. And then you go back to eating whatever you were before, which made you gain those 10 pounds originally. So it seems like it seems to me what started to work for me more is just following kind of just what you talk about. It's like just eating healthier in general, but you know, allowing a cheat day every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I talked to so many people and I'm, I'm meeting, I just met with like a few people a day sure. and people that have tried like doing keto diets, Atkins or whatever other diet there is. And I like sit down with them. I'm like, well, you know, how much weight have you lost so far? well like 10 pounds in the last couple months i'm like okay they're like well i'm like are you happy with that progress they're like yeah you know but when i did keto i lost 20 pounds i'm like okay and then what happened after that well obviously they gained all the weight back that's why they're here and then the, my next question i was like okay you lost 10 pounds like do you feel but do you feel like what you ate over the last couple months is this something that you could continue to do the rest of your life and they're like yeah i'm like okay so you're on track to losing hundred pounds in a year. That's amazing. And like they see, I see a little light bulb go off and they're like, Oh cool. I can do that. It doesn't have to be really, really strict. I can find foods and I can actually continue to make progress. And that might actually be better than doing these crash diets and looping back and forth, which is even worse for you because it starts messing with your hormones in a different way. That's, that's cool to think about it. Like something that I'm like, I'm not a nutritionist at all. I, mean, I eat fairly healthy, but like what I've, found that people find it successful. Like thinking of it as a lifestyle change versus just a diet. You know, you can't yeah, think exactly. of it as a diet. You yeah. gotta think of you're being a healthier person and you're changing your mindset completely. Yeah, if you can't do something long-term and keep doing it, yeah. then there's really no point in doing it at all. I agree. What's the recommendation for people going out to a restaurant? What types of things are you looking to order? Because I can't eat a salad. So what should I eat? Because that's just not gonna, it's not gonna satiate me. I just start with the, I mean, so that's the thing too. You can balance it out with like other things. So I, and I don't think you need to, so my, my thing I do is I, I keep good food in the house. Mm -hmm. And then when I go out to eat, I, I go off and I kind of have whatever I want a little bit more. If you're trying to stick to something though, I'd say like start with your protein, like figure out what your protein will be and then find your best option. Probably not going with something fried. Okay. And then, you know, maybe you can like make little swaps or substitutions for stuff. Even if you got a burger, you know, maybe just swap out the fries for fruit or something, whatever, something a little bit better. But what about the bread for lettuce and keeping the fries? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say like maybe like substitute one of those to stay on track. Yeah. Like, uh, I just like look at it and like, okay, where's my protein, my fat, my carbs. I always try to keep like a balance of those Sure. and then vegetables to fill up the rest. So I'm trying to see like where I'm in balance for those. And like you said, yeah, maybe doing the lettuce and then keeping the fries. Or vice versa, cutting out the fries, keeping the bun, mm -hmm. and just keeping a balance that way. But then the thing is too, like let's say like you do do the bun, the fries, like you could always at your next meal cut out, so you're adding more carbs and more fats that meal. Yep. Yeah, the next meal you could just cut out the carbs and fats and just keep more protein in. 
and then I'd say that's a good way to balance it out if you do do something like that. So it's more it's more over the term over the course of a day or even two days because your digestion takes a long time to happen rather than just going meal by meal. Hmm. Oh, that's really good advice. I never really thought about it that way. Sorry, that's the deepest thought there. Yeah. Um, okay. I lost my train of thought because I was just thinking about my own diet. Sorry. What <laughs> is your, rice. what is your, uh, yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking about Chick-fil-A. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause I drove by it today. I was like, I need it. I was like, no, no, I can do it. I can wait till Maybe I get home. Chick-fil-A around here. I wasn't. It was over oh. in Brookfield for me. Driving yeah, back. Okay. I work Chick-fil-A right is my damn. I have never eaten there before. What? what? Oh, you're missing out. It's dude. the Chick-fil-A sauce <laughs> is what gets me, man. It's so good. It's so good. And they have waffle fries too. Yeah. Oh man. So it's worth the drive out to Brookfield. Yeah, there's one in, there's a couple of closer. There's one in Dallas. There's one in Tosa too. So they're they're out. Next yeah. time we see you though, I don't want to see you like super fat because of us <laughs> introducing you to Chick-fil-A. I was gonna say because like that's my cheap meal. I was like, I'll have stuff to get go to Chick-fil-A. I was gonna ask what yours is, like when you kind of just splurge on whether pizza, it's for sure. Pizza. What do you get on it? What kind of pizza? Man, have you guys been to Fixture? It's it's no. Oh, they have a pizza. It sounds weird. Wait, what's it called? Fixture Pizza. Oh, okay. I hope I get a sponsorship. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh... All right, you better sell it. Now. It's gonna be your ad. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> They have this pizza, it's pepperoni and cream cheese. It sounds so weird, but it's, I have dreams about it. It's so good. It's the best pizza I've ever had. So we're talking, are we talking thin crust? Or are we talking it's a thin, thin crust pizza. thin crust yeah. with some red sauce. Yeah, I don't know. some cheese. And then you're throwing pepperoni and cream cheese on it? Yeah. Huh. It sounds weird, but it's so good. Well, I could see that. Like my girlfriend puts a ranch on her pizza, so it could be just a substitution for that, right? Yeah, I can't, you just have to try it out. I can't explain it to you. Can't explain it. But I, I don't, with that being said, I don't discriminate against, I have any kind of pizza. <laughs> no discrimination well. against pizza. Probably, yeah, I usually put down one a week. One a week? Yeah. But when do you usually take your cheat meal? Is it Friday? Is it Monday? Like, are you trying to end uh, the week I, on a good note? Yeah, I like, doing, I like doing Sundays. Yeah, I, I wait till I, I can probably handle it because I try to get a good workout in. I, I try to make sure I've at least like earned it for the day. And uh, something that I've like actually done some exercises, some hard work, and then sure. I like to do it at the end of the day just because I like to eat good more so for my mental clarity, yeah. feeling good, my well-being, more so, I mean, more so than, I, obviously for healthy, like looking good too, but right. when I have it at the end of the day, I just feel like it doesn't make me feel like a worthless piece of shit the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what is your opinion, like, I don't know if you drink alcohol, but like when you have people that come to the gym, that do that, do you guys give advice on like, how much alcohol to drink or what types of alcohol that are less healthy because it's all poison at a certain level. What yeah, that's it. always such a hard question. I've never been a huge drinker. Sure. So it's easy for me just to say don't do it a lot. But uh, I'd say start with cutting, cutting out the sugary drinks. If you can start by doing that. And I don't know. A few people said they were like cucumber vodkas and sodas are supposed to be like the, the good tasting drink. I, I, that, yes. My girlfriend is drinking cucumber vodka. Yeah, they're not bad yet. So cutting out the sugary drinks, I'd say, and then at that, you just know that the more the worse for you. There's not really, I don't think like one, it's going to kill you, but yeah, I don't know. The more the worse, there's not really like a guideline. I think it's just reduce it as much as you can. And yeah, I think like once you start getting to a point where you're hungover, you're obviously throwing off your nitrogen balance and you're throwing off your, your, your dehydrated, which mm-hmm. obviously is bad. And, Probably the most underrated thing in fitness is just staying hydrated. So, 
Yeah. It's a it's tough just one. Don't do it. <laughs> That's a tough one, especially with, I mean that's like probably the biggest issue for most people too, just drinking a lot. Well, especially in the twenties, because you come out of college and you like you're partying all the time and doing all of that and then you're trying to be healthy at the same time and those two just don't go hand in hand. Yeah, I get it. Well the problem is we didn't have white claw in school. That wasn't around yet. I get the worst hangovers from those. What? I drank three one night and I woke up with the worst headache. I don't huh. want to drink one anymore because I'm like, it's just, <laughs> I think it's all the sugar in it. And I think it's also because it's like, it's not vodka, it's grain alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Four Loco came out with one today, a hard seltzer that's 14% alcohol by volume. That's so crazy. let's go. Let's so does PBR, run. which is 8%. <laughs> oh, God. So did Natty Light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Train is just continuing. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Track, sorry. So I have a couple questions just about like you personally. Like how often do you work out? Uh, Are you in there every single day? I train. I train jujitsu probably. I try to aim for three times a week. Okay. So at least two or three times a week I train jujitsu. And yeah, I, I probably work out pretty much every day doing something. Um, I get sidetracked really easily, especially when I'm there. I've actually debated getting a gym, another gym membership because I'm not as distracted. But I usually do something every day, even if it's just mobility work or. Just something to keep the ball rolling and not back, back tracking at anything. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have, I don't want to say, like kind of like sister gyms or people that you collaborate with a lot? Not really. No? I kind of just focus on my own thing. And other than neutral ground, because I go there and train there for jujitsu. But yeah. Do you have anyone that works out with you at Commotion that also does jujitsu with you? Uh, there's some members there, yeah. There's some members there that do both. That's cool. Yeah. And they noticed a big impact off of it, and yeah, I think I think most of the, most of the people that train jujitsu. There's a few. There's a a few that do it for increasing endurance and strength and flexibility. With which jujitsu, it's it's pure technique. It's all you shouldn't need any of that stuff, but it helps. Like it's like another tool in your box and. The more flexible, the more the quicker you are, the stronger you are, it's always gonna help. And I think more so also just to protect your body, keep balance. Like jiu-jitsu is a very you're very crunched up and hunched over all the time, and this helps open your body back up. So I think for again for like longevity's sake, it's good for that type of thing. Um, we've had like a few professional fighters come through too, and some other random professional athletes that train just for the same reasons. Just randomly dropping by or they reach out to you beforehand? Yeah, yeah, they, they usually reach out yeah. and yeah, get them situated. Yeah. Any bucks? Any Milwaukee bucks come through? No, not yet. Gotta get some of them in there. Yeah, they do. That would be cool. DJ Wilson's out there grinding. Shout out to who should have been most improved of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how often do you actually coach in your gym? Right now, I'm just doing once a week. I still got a few, so I usually do Friday nights, which is like, I feel like everyone's in a good mood because it's Friday, so that's a fun class to do. Uh, I'll fill in where I need to, and I still have a few personal training clients. I've been trying to wean out for the last like two years from personal training, but uh, everyone I work now, with now are people that I kind of know on a personal level, so I don't really accept anyone new, I guess, unless they're willing to pay a ridiculous amount of money. But I try to just pass people along to other people now. That's cool. Yeah. Do so, you, go ahead. I was just going to ask, so like walk us through like a typical day in your life, like, and then give us the overview, like how many hours are you at the gym working? And then, you know, 
what is your advice? And this, these are just three questions, so I don't have to interrupt you at all. You know, and then what is your advice to any new entrepreneur on, on dealing with those hours, but also finding a balance in your life of, of making sure that you're staying sane, you're getting out, you're doing something else, maybe for a little bit um, as well? Um, definitely not the right person to talk to about balance. Zero, <laughs> zero balance. I don't know. I enjoy doing this. This is what I do for fun. I like like coming here and talking about this stuff and like, collaborating with people. But that's what's fun to me. Sure. Uh, I like like working on business stuff. I don't really like, do anything else. <laughs> My friends like, oh yeah, it's Nate. He doesn't have fun. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So as far as that goes, um, I know like every like podcast book whatever it says wake up early i like haven't got my handle on that part of things quite yet so what's when, when's the <laughs> alarm going off uh i don't wake up to an alarm usually i think like a good schedule for me would be like midnight to eight i try i, I tried doing this new thing where i leave my blinds open so the light wakes me up so i don't sleep in too late now but uh i'm not sure Trying to work third shift I'm, I'm right little, now. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little slow moving in the morning, but I usually, I usually get up. I, I read. Um, I try to do like the educational stuff where I'm not moving around a lot. Um, yeah, an ideal morning if I can go for a walk or something. I usually, I usually try to walk. I don't keep coffee in my house or tea, so I try to force myself to walk to go get it now, <laughs> which I feel like is a good trick just to get moving. I think it's good for you to do some kind of exercise right away. I kind of enjoy it too, and then. Yeah, do, usually doing some kind of reading, some kind of educational work, just and then getting a game plan for the day, figuring out what the most important thing is I need to do to move the needle forward a little bit, and just trying to focus on that one thing and prioritizing that over everything else, and just trying to make sure I get that done before the end of the day. And then all that's filled in between with just general bullshit stuff that I need to like hire out for. That's cool. So was it hard for you to actually like push off your coaching, kind of like delegating um, to uh, other trainers, actually hiring? Did you have a hard time doing that when you first did? Yeah, mainly just for the money side of things. It's I made pretty decent money doing personal training. So it's hard to push that off and say no to people for because I know it's not the most important thing I could be doing. And I know in the future, not doing like not getting the immediate wealth from it i guess will create more wealth in the future so but that part's hard it's when somebody wants to pay you 1200 bucks to trade them a couple times a week it's hard to say no that it's like such it's easy money more or less for mm -hmm. me to do and but i know that like those few hours i could be doing something else that'll create more wealth in the future so and like i like helping people too i like seeing people through to it so i enjoy that part too and just like when it's people i know and i know i could help them that part's hard too but i trust my coaches and i, I try to tell them listen like you can get the same results with them as you do with me so they're gonna be cheaper so just go with them mm -hmm. so but yeah i'd say like just like passing on the pay thing but as a as a com as a business and company grows it becomes easier and easier to do that which is a good thing and i started like raising my value per time and I just try to stick to that. If anything falls underneath that that number, I just don't do it. And just try to stick to things that I think I'm more valued in per hour during the day. That's a good answer. Better than I could give it. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, I think that's one of the, the hardest things that I can imagine, especially from an entrepreneurship. Like when you get to that point of the business is self-sufficient, now you need to start delegating things off and you really need to focus on more of the administrative things. It's got to be a little bit more difficult because your passion, I think your passion is like business, it seems like, but less just the fitness aspect of it, especially only coaching one night a week already now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hearing that, like it, it is, you have a very logical view of it, I feel like, of, of knowing what your value is per hour and kind of sticking to it and, and the sacrifice of the money now for the wealth later. It, it's called back to kind of what we were talking about before, of like pushing through those walls of like getting through it, remembering why you're doing something and kind of yeah. keeping, you know, keeping on that path. Yeah. I always think it's like a big chunk of money too, or just hiring somebody new and just seeing, okay, I got to pay this person this much a month. And it seems like such a stretch at the time, but just trusting that that's going to help grow the business and that's going to be an investment to make more money later on. And that, but that's always like a risk, you know, you don't know that hundred percent for sure. Like hiring a desk lady on for 20 hours a week, is that going to make me more money in the future? That's like a big chunk of change to spend all of a sudden or with like any, anything you spend money on, you know, I'm sure like same with marketing too. No, hundred percent. I guess I'm sure you know that as well. Just yeah, it's the hardest thing for us to sell on new clients. Is you know, is there going to be ROI in this? And yeah, there will be almost all the time. But it's you know, a lot of times it's going to be a long play on it. It's not going to be something you see immediately. Like that's why we tell people like we need at least three months with you. You know, we need this. So how do you handle that decision making then? Because you're right, it's it's a calculated risk, but it's a risk at the same time, and there is an upfront cost that comes with it with non guaranteed outcomes. So so what do you what are the things you look for in the decisions that you make like that, like hiring somebody new or or deciding to go with a marketing firm or whatever? That's why it's nice having a coach because I can just ask them like what should I do? Sure. Just tell me, and then I try to look at it as a I try to see it now as a how many members new members do I need coming in to cover this cost mm-hmm. I look at it as instead of a, a dollar amount a member amount sure I'm like okay this person coming in 10 this is going to be worth 10 members is this person going to help me get and retain 10 members if I say yeah I'm like well that makes sense then and if they help me get more than that then that's profit so right it's just but yeah like the hard question is just ask the coach and just trust them and try to take my emotions out of it that's cool how many employees do you have right now? Uh, I think there's 12 of us at the Holy gym. shit. I didn't realize there was that many. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm most of them full-time, so, or part-time, sorry. Still. Still, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Are most of them coaches? Yeah. There's three yoga teachers. Oh. Uh, three of them are personal trainers, or four of them are personal trainers and coaches. And then the rest are just coaches. Okay. So you guys do one-on-one training sessions as yeah. well? Okay. Yeah, we do one-on-one. We do have like just regular gym memberships where people can come in and do their own thing too. Oh, really? Yeah. So tell people, like, what are prices for each of these? Or do you not want to get into that? Uh, yeah, it, it really depends on the program okay. and, and stuff like that. So uh, if we have like, it's like a pretty, pretty broad subject you could spend. You spend a little bit of money or a, a ton yeah. of money. It just depends what your goal is and what you're looking to get out of it. What your I don't know the time you're investing into it. So it depends. On yeah, that. that's yeah. As soon as I asked, I was like, you know, that's probably a more complicated question. Than, yeah, <laughs> um, it's fifty-two dollars a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what's the future for Go Motion? Like, do you guys have a plan? Like, do you want to expand the gym? Like, it's pretty big already. Like, what what do you have for the future? 
Uh, yeah, probably to just keep growing it, expand. I'd like to get more locations. Would you? Where would yeah. you go next? Uh, I was thinking either Mequon area or maybe Brookfield area. Okay. Go with money is. Or Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> yeah, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's cool like the spot we have now, but it is a lot of like people our age and that means like people changing jobs and moving. It'd be nice to be in like an established community where people don't move away all the time. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that because like if you live in the suburbs, everybody's rooted down there and, and you'll get long-term clientele there, right? Like yeah, and I think it'd be cool marketing to a little bit older demographic too. Sure. And the, the people, if we do have some older people, older, I guess, at the gym, mm-hmm. and they're really like the ones that benefit the most because they... They need this stuff. A lot of the younger guys, they do it for improved athleticism, but when you're older, like this is the stuff you need to stay healthy and like keep your joints strong. And those are the people that honestly benefit the most from doing what we do. Mm-hmm. But I think like shifting the marketing away from just showing like we can teach you how to do this tricky stuff, like all the cool looking stuff and more, this is what you need just to play with your kids or work in your garden or yeah, more practical. Yeah, or literally just sit but, down and get up. Exactly. Yeah, like just getting off the ground. That's like a yeah. There's a 75 year old lady that I'm working with right now, and she can get up off the ground without using her hands. Dang. And she's like, none of my friends can do this. I can whoop their ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'd That's like your just, marketing right there. I'd like to film that and have yeah. a testimonial. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, a video of <laughs> saying I, I could kick my friends' asses. Perfect. That's <laughs> prime time right there. That's fine. Um, have you thought about franchising it or are you looking to just open up your own separate location? I don't know. I haven't thought that far in advance. I, yeah, whatever growth, I guess. But yeah, definitely continue to expand somehow. So maybe. Who knows? And then oh, my other question is going to be, have you thought about creating your own curriculum outside of the affiliate that you have? Or do you kind of uh, like having that kind of pre-built program all set up ready to kind of go? So that's why, that's why I brought on Kellen because he does all the, he does all the curriculum for everything. He's sure. just, he's the fitness guru and things. Like I've definitely been doing this a long time, but yeah. he's the smart one with that kind of stuff. He's trained all over the world. He's trained with everybody. He's like a freak of nature when it comes to like what he can do. He's capable of, he can do one-arm handstands. He can, he's just very, this is his life. He lives and breathes and stuff. He does this all day, every day. It's just, he trains like this and he knows more than anybody I know. So. I wouldn't ever try doing it when I have someone at my utilization that I can utilize to do this for me and that I'm teamed up with. That's why I make such a good, I don't want to say pair, partner, couple. <laughs> What's the great couple? couple? <laughs> a dynamic duo, yeah, a good business partner yeah. to have. Yeah. 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 So I just, yeah, I just use what he, I just keep using him because I don't think, I don't think I could ever do anything better than he can. So there you go. Answers that yeah. question. I think that's something that's a reoccurring theme I feel like we found in this in this podcast with us in the first six episodes is like understanding and being self-aware to your strengths and your weaknesses, right? And trying to trying to manage your weaknesses by either bringing on people that can help and take over those portions of the things or learning it better yourself and really focusing and strengthening your weaknesses. Yeah, I think that, that was like a big realization for me that I was always self-conscious about being stupid or dumb, but now I don't care. I just need to find someone that's smarter than me convince them to work for me so I don't I don't care I don't have pride like I just need to have you on my team and I'm good to go yeah definitely yeah love that all right anything else
That's not. Do you have anything else? No. No. You have any questions for us? This is your time. It's a conversation. We don't want to take it off. Any questions for us? I mean, I'm interested in the marketing. Like, what? What you're? I don't know if you want to get into that stuff, but you know, like your clients and stuff, or is that? Well, what about them? Like, what kind of people do you like working with? Like, what have you seen working well? Yeah, I mean, for us, like personally, we work with health and wellness industry, like smaller businesses. That's our like bread and butter. Um, things like kind of Jacobs was just saying that work really well are finding people like your older, you know, woman who's seventy five who's on the ground, and you know, she's she's a prime example of you know the other type of clientele that you can have. Mm-hmm. It's just what we do best is finding people who already have an awesome gym space, are great at what they do, you know, whatever they're doing, and aren't killing it online already, and just like telling their story online, helping them tell that story. That's where we've found that success. It's just, it's so easy to show off a space or like people don't realize how cool some of the stuff they're doing is. You know, like we just started working, for example, with a, uh, like a printing company and they have this industrial sized printer that cuts like thousands of sheets of paper. And we're taking video of this shit and just like slowing it down, making it like incredibly satisfying, like one of those satisfying yes, videos. Yes, so just gonna comment that. That's yeah. what it would be. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's like what we're doing is just taking a lot of stuff, and they they saw us doing this. Like, what are you doing? Why are you taking a video of this? But it's that kind of stuff that gets yeah. the best outreach to new people, and uh, it's just a lot of what we do well and what we find works is content. You know, just making original content, and I see that you do that really well already. Yeah. Uh, so another question I thought about this earlier for you too, is you said it's, it's the same for me, like convincing someone that spending a lot of money with us is a good investment, good return. How do you talk people into doing that? It's tough because I don't want to have to talk them into it too much. You know, I want them to come to that conclusion on their own. So what we do is we give a lot of value for free, you know, and we'll always talk to people and pretty much just like tell them exactly what they need to do on their own if they were to do it. So like, for example, if you wanted to run a Facebook ad, like we'd tell you, here's exactly how you do it. Um, kind of like give them a guide to do it. And you know, here you go. Like what they find then is they're not as good at it as they thought they would be or two, like they don't have the time for it. And that's like kind of when they see like us, then we'll sit there and like do it with them once and like show you like, this is what you messed up or this is what you could have done differently. So it's just helping people out really, instead of trying to sell them. It's really what we've been doing. Yeah. I think like for me too, like just shifting my whole attitude and just giving out, giving as much as possible, helping as much as possible and not trying to necessarily sell anybody social media or whatnot, that's been the best way to get more people to come back through. Definitely, because it doesn't make you seem like a, a person who's just trying to make you buy something. Right, it's right? authentic. It builds yeah. a relationship Exactly, too. and that's the thing too, is when you get someone to come to you for that, then like they're gonna stay. You know, they're gonna be there long-term. Like you didn't have to sell them to be there. They're not gonna be questioning, you know, what your motives are. And it's, it's like an actual relationship that you build with these people versus a sale that you made um, with someone that Direct message, for example, you know, it's, it's yeah. way different. Sure. And it's, there's time for sales. Like you said, like really big part of a business is sales, but there's a time for it. And there's a time to be authentic, genuine, and helpful in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't think that I know all of the answers either. I'm, I'm young in my business. Like I've only had this two and a half years now. So we're pretty you know, much the same space as sure. what we are with our businesses. But that's what like we found has worked really well for us. 
Cool. I got. I have another question for you guys. What? Uh, I'm just gonna turn this into my own podcast. Yeah, that's no, I love it. This is great. What, so, from the people you've talked to in the past, like doing these, like, what are the biggest things you guys have learned? It's a good, good question. It's a great question. I loved when we had your boss's boss mm-hmm. um, on, and he was talking just about like hierarchy in the workplace, just saying that. So he was like borderline millennial, like just over a millennial. Well, I don't know how exactly old he was. Yeah. But anyway, he was talking about like how he, like kind of the type of workforce that he grew up in, kind of like trading, like in finance, they didn't have like a lot of hierarchy. Everything was really flat. And he thought that that just made the camaraderie of a team and just the like mutual respect on a team, like just so much better. Hmm. I thought that was really cool. Just versus having like you report to you and you and you have to talk to you to get to you and all this stuff. That was like one of my favorite parts on this podcast so far. And my, I don't think I've I don't think I've learned like one particular thing. Yeah. Uh, I think I've learned just a lot more of like how many different awesome people like when we had Jocelyn like I never I didn't even know there was a theater in Racine, much less the theater guild that she like runs marketing for. So like that was kind of eye opening to hear a lot about how that has been around forever and has been a big thing. But I and I grew up in Wauwatosa, not too far away, I'd never heard of it. Um, and that's kind of what I think I've taken away. Uh, if you're talking more tactical things, I think some of the bigger things that, that we talked about tonight, like powering through those times when you don't want to keep working or getting over, um, uh, when you stumble with those issues, because it, it's one of those things that I've found that I've struggled with a lot, especially when I was doing a podcast for my Bucks podcast for two years. I, I've never tried to run ads and I don't have enough listeners to even really make it worth anybody's time, really. Um, but I have enough where I still feel confident and keep going. I have a nice little community that listen to it. Um, and this summer was kind of, it was a debate on whether I was going to keep doing it or I was going to stop doing it. Um, I've actually decided to keep doing it and I've signed an agreement to become part of my media group um, to help sell ads and help grow because it was part of the same reason I brought you on was I was not good at marketing. I don't have time to put content out. I don't have time. You know, I have a full-time job outside of this and not that you don't, I don't want that to at all, but your full-time job is putting out content. So that was helpful. Um, so, you know, it was really finding the, the, the yin to my yang, I guess you could say, and, and learning how other people have done that is helpful and eye-opening too. Cool. Yeah, and what you said too, like how everyone that we've brought on now is just awesome. Like mm-hmm. so many awesome people out there doing, what I, like another thing I realized, how many different things people are doing. You have a job, nine to five, but you have now two podcasts that you do and a shit ton of other stuff you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many people else out there like that. They just don't do one thing. And especially as business owners have found, like they almost never have just one stream of income. You know, and it's cool how, how awesome everyone is. And I'm just going to bring like even you, like it's crazy. Like I, you were in a rock band. Like yeah. you kind of dropped out of college and went and toured. Like that's wild. And now you are a successful business owner. And and, and, and please don't take this wrong, but how you can kind of do something like that, which if some people who couldn't get back up from maybe failing at that or going back and getting through college, maybe that would kind of hinder them from, you know, being a successful person. So like hearing somebody's story like that, like, oh, just because I didn't make it playing guitar doesn't mean I can't make it doing something else and kind of channeling your passions to, to be better at that. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think my parents were pretty worried for a while that they're, because I mean, you know, this is getting into my late 20s and not having an established job still. And, yeah. Uh, but they're, I, I'm lucky that they've been super supportive and 
just trusting that I kind of knew what I was doing or you were going to figure it out. Or yeah, that I was going <laughs> to figure it out one way or another. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. cool. Oh man. Well, I think, I think that was a great podcast. Why don't we time for plugs? Where can the people find Commotion Fitness on social media? And uh, if they want to sign up or learn more, where can they go? Uh, so Instagram, I think Instagram and both Facebook are commotion underscore fit. Okay. Uh, my personal Instagram is Nate underscore Ziegler. And Why don't you spell that quick? Nate, N-A-T-E and underscore Z-I-E-G-L-E-R. And we have commotionfit.com. I'm sure if you Google us, you'll find it, Commotion Fitness. Uh, you can find me at Jakubitz, at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z on Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Andrew Jakubitz. Um, connect with me. I say it every time. Let's, let's chat. Let's meet new people. Uh, Eric, all right. Come on. We're going to get this right this time. You're going to know your own social media handle. It's been a struggle for me oh, to say it right. It's Here we go. Eric, E-R-I-C underscore H-E-S-S. That's Hess. And there's a 22. Boom. Nailed it. Chris Middleton's number. Gotta love it. Um, and then you can find the Casual Money List Podcast on every social platform. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, follow us. Enjoy our content and interact with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on each episode or the piece of content that we put out. Um, this is supposed to be a conversational and a thought-provoking podcast. So we hope it was. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope to see you for the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>